wasn't a, she was an all-natural girl. Pretty sure there was I mean, plenty of pubes. Is it recorded? I hope not. Plenty it of sure pubes. It sure is. sure is. Damn it. I'll come clean so that's, we know That's the new editing. dating site, plentyofpubes.com. <laughs> Sign me up. For people who like everything to be all-natural. For people who like big bushes. <laughs> talk about the best of the worst welcome Yay. to the show and that's rachel hello this is mickey ahoy and i'm ashley hello hello <laughs> hello um, you guys i'm so excited to be doing this again because we haven't recorded an episode together in months yeah when did we record the last one it yeah. was pre-election day um definitely pre-election day so and then what on happened? our on our last recordings or last releases we uh very lately requested that everyone vote in an election that had already passed so um maybe we shouldn't bring up any any current events. Any current events, because we <laughs> never know when we're actually going to upload it. So, I'm in the same kind of vein. It is post-2020 now. Did anyone make any resolutions or anything like that? I have set intentions before. And I wouldn't go so far as to call them New Year's resolutions. Uh, and I did not do anything even close to that this year, because the dumpster fire of 2020 has not stopped and has continued into mm-hmm. 2021. It wasn't like the clock struck midnight and everything was magically reset. Yeah, I mean, I personally, I mean, resolutions are hard enough on a normal year and I just, yeah, I don't need that added pressure and then like setting myself up for disappointment. Yeah. I'm good. I'm just gonna like try to chill this year. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Did you set one? No, I don't like them. Okay. Um, because I, yeah, it's just, it's way too much pressure. And then you get like really amped and excited about it for like the first like three days and then you fall off. So like, what's the point in setting an intention for yourself? Uh, I feel like you're mocking me. <laughs> I feel like that was very pointed mocking that just happened. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I just, yeah, it just puts way too much pressure on you. And sets you up for failure, so I just don't. Since we have last talked, has anyone done anything new or have anything new to share? I mean, Mickey, you had a birthday. Oh, yeah, I did have a birthday. Yay! A little older, a little wiser. If you must ask, a lot has happened. None of it that I want to share with people outside of this room. But I will say that the good things are still there and have gotten me through these last couple months, the wonderful people in my life, my family, and, you know, the holidays were difficult because 2020 was difficult, but they were still still nice to get together with family and just really appreciate each other's company. I've been proud of myself because I have started working out again, and so I've been doing that. It feels really good, and, uh... I'm just looking forward to maybe someday getting a vaccine so that I can go see people again. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, can I make that my new year's resolution? Can I go back? My resolution is please somebody give me this fucking vaccination <laughs> as fast as you can. Put it in my blood. Would you accept a vaccination if you were walking down the street and received it via blow dart without your consent? <laughs> Absolutely. I would actually think I would prefer that because I hate the anticipation and the needle. Like I, I do have a hard time with that. Yeah. So if it just like if I signed a form in advance like a gorilla uh, marketing <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, gorilla vaccinations. Yeah, gorilla vaccinations. If I can give consent to, at some point within the next eight to 40 weeks, so I, like, forget about it. Yeah. But would I forget about it, or would it just be, like, a daily stress where I think that somebody's stalking me <laughs> with a blow dart? Yeah. I don't know. But I think I would prefer the element of surprise if they could pull it off. I agree. I hate needles. I absolutely hate getting shots. I actually wanted to talk about something. My new thing. Yes, please Thank you. Us is that we filled up our hot tub and like got everything all fixed. We had a couple of real nice days of like hot tubbing in the backyard and then discovered there's a leak. Oh no. So we don't have a hot tub anymore. Oh no. Now we're tubless and grouchy. Well, it was a good week while it lasted. I know. Sad face emoji. So from here, I just actually want to go straight into Rachel's recap. Oh, yeah. Okay, Rachel. So what we're going to do is we are going to, Mickey and I, are going to prompt you with our couple's names. Yay. And like we mentioned at the top of the show, it has been a really long time (laughs) since we recorded our last episode. So uh, I would like you to give us... A super quick synopsis of each of the couples as much as you can remember. So, Rachel. Okay, give me the names. Your first couple is Justin from San Jose, California, and Evelyn from Santiago de Cali, Colombia. I remember of Justin and Evelyn that they met at the soccer match. They're in San Jose, and his family doesn't know Mm -hmm. that she's there. Next couple. Okay. Yamir. From Managua, Nicaragua, and Chelsea from Galesburg, Illinois. Yes, okay. He so they met in Nicaragua and his manager of the band like publicly shamed her for stealing him away to the United States and blamed her for their band breaking up in a not so subtle way. Next couple or third couple was Danielle from Norwalk, Ohio, and Mohammed from Tunis, Tunisia. I remember there was some drama about the airport. So he was flying in and there was some lack of communication. And then she was frantic because they didn't know even which airport he was flying into. I vividly remember Mickey's description of when they finally found each other, that she had her hand around his neck like a claw. That's right, the claw hand. All right, our next couple is Brett, 31, from Snohomis, Washington, and Dea, 29, from San Carlos City in the Philippines. Okay, and they're not living together. They are living together. Giant bouquet of sunflowers. And And she also doesn't believe that her ring is real. Okay, right. Because she wanted roses. So this guy, he just really dropped the ball. And then he brought her home to his weird roommate situation. situation. (laughs) Uh, And she thinks the ring is fake, even though, because it has a small flaw in it. Uh, Our final couple, Amy from Cape Town, South Africa, and Danny from Norristown, Pennsylvania. Okay, and this is the couple that's not living together. She's staying with his brother. They're not even making out for the entire 90 days. Wow. Oh, I remember that 
there is a relative who is against their relationship because of the race aspect. So, are you guys ready to get into it? I'm so ready. Entertain me. Okay. Tell so, me. Tell me a story. On this episode, uh, we're going to cover 90 Day Fiancé Season 2, Episodes 3 and 4. First, we're going to talk about Justin and Evelyn. Justin decides it's time to finally introduce his fiance Evelyn to his family. It's going to be his mom, his brother Jake, Jake's wife, his brother Jamie, uh, Jamie's girlfriend, and Jake's wife is... We were warned. We were warned about her. They call her Darth Vader. Oh dear. So they're on their way to this pool party and we get to hear a little bit of Evelyn's sort of internal monologue where she is scared that because Justin hasn't told his family about her, they're going to think that she's only in it for the green card. So wait, they're showing up cold open to this family gathering? Mm -hmm. Like, actually, he has told his family that he is on a dating show. And he's bringing a girl from the dating show to meet his family. And that's why there are cameras there. It's a bad first foot to put forward. Yeah. This is not my fiance. I'm on a dating show. It's a version of the truth. So he shows up to this meeting poolside. I think it's at some like community center or like one of those like apartments what are those called i was totally thinking it was an apartment complex that somebody must oh like a rec like a record yeah just like a shared out yeah yeah pool um and this guy comes up like carrying like a bag of like grocery store donuts and then so they sit down and everyone like kind of sits in a little circle and finally justin is honest Mm. And he comes out and says, like, this is Evelyn, this is my fiancé, we met in Colombia. And just, like, everyone just, like, gawks at her. Just silence. Just, yep. It's awful. Mom's a little shocked. Ooh, want to say mom does have Justin's face. Does she have Justin's face? She definitely has, like, Justin looks like his mama. Oh, boy. You could tell. With just a little wig on. Yeah, yeah. Actually, her features weren't smushed in the same way that he is, so she's, mm-hmm. like, pretty. <laughs> And do we think pretty lady? Wait, so you trying to say that she looks like a female Alec Baldwin? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, and pretty. Yeah, I am. (laughs) I am. And by default, Trump. I hope not. Um, So now the whole family starts interrogating, right? Like, what are you doing here? How'd you meet? All these, like, fucking bullshit questions. Do we think, is it, like, mostly racially motivated? They think, like, here's a brown person who just wants a green card. And that's why she's I'm gonna say son. no, except for Darth Jen. She thinks that. Yes. Okay. So mom thinks that uh, Evelyn is sincere. She's so she's a little excited, if not trepidatious, about the whole thing. While Jen is over here fucking rolling her eyes at everything that Evelyn says. And Jen is his sister-in-law. Yes, okay. Darth Jen. She, like, legitimately stops other people from asking questions to butt in and just interject with her own racist tirade. Like, she is interrupting literally everything down to, like, the mom's asking a question and Evelyn is mid-sentence answering it. And then Jen is piping in with some bitchy thing. Mm-hmm. Where do you plan to live? So she also asks, like, what is she going to do for a job? Mm-hmm. And Justin tells her that she was a dance instructor. Back in Columbia, and she was a uh, theater major. Cool. So Jen rolls her eyes. <laughs> uh, 
also, was there any answer that was going to appease her? Because he was like, she has a PhD in biochemistry. Yeah, she's a professor and lead researcher. She'd still be like, oh, yeah, right. Bullshit. In Colombia. So Justin, like, through all of this, you can see him get, like, more and more visibly upset. Sure. You can tell, like, he would pick Evelyn any day over his family. And also clearly over this sister-in-law that he doesn't like very much. So, like, he gets up and, like, unhooks his mic. And, like, takes everything. He's like, I'm leaving. And then he and Evelyn leave. Pool party's over. Pool party's over. I feel like, on the one hand, that's really good that he was like, we're not sitting here and mm-hmm. just taking this abuse. Protecting her. Yeah, we're, we're going to go. And then on the other hand, it's like, well, you could have prepared the situation a bit better. A little or bit better. not invited Jen. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe introduce her to the parents separately so that it Dude. wasn't so traumatic. But Totally. Actually, that's a good point. Like, why can't he just meet his mom and dad and have that separate conversation? Mm-hmm. I can only think that maybe the producers of 90 Day Fiance had something to do with this. Afterwards, and they leave, they're having a conversation. And uh, Justin really thought it was going to go very differently. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're, they're back at home, and he's pouting, and he's telling Evelyn, I was just hoping they could say something like, congratulations, you look cute together. I wish my family could have been happy and excited. But, like, you can't go into a situation having not prepared everyone for it and then get mad at them because they acted poor, reacted poorly. Because, yeah. like, this is on you, dude. Because they didn't have the reaction that you wanted. They're fu- fucking shocked, as well they should be, because you lied and told them it was a dating show. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from <laughs> that train wreck, let's move on to another. Ooh, um, oh, 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 wait. Oh, wait, we finish out this couple, though? Yeah, quick yeah. question, okay. too, about Evelyn. Like, how's Evelyn? Evelyn, she took it really well. I mean, like, that was a really bad situation to walk into, and she's she's already trying to work on him to say, like, you know, we do need to get together. We should have a ceremony. It's not having a big wedding. It's just your parents and your brother and your sister. Mm-hmm. He wants to elope. He just is talking about eloping. And then he also says, I think the wedding should just be between the two people. You know, something small, intimate, romantic. I, I don't want my family to get in the way of that. It's so dumb because he's just like, he didn't try at all. And, and part of it, to your point, could be he should just, like, deal with his family separate of Jen, mm-hmm. but he has this bad relationship with Jen, and it's affecting everything else, um, which I don't know what's going on there, what sister-in-law is really, like, on their brother-in-law's dick about their relationships this hard, like, and that's an ongoing thing. Cause, yeah, you know, maybe like, she's actually in love with him. Yeah, dude, totally. There's, like, something weird happening there. There's, like, some Hellraiser shit going on there. <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, new Hellraiser series coming out soon. Very excited. So excited. So our next couple is Yamir and Chelsea. And in these episodes, we see uh, Yamir on the plane. Oh, I guess. And Chelsea's there, too. And uh, Flying back from Nicaragua. From Nicaragua to America after that really embarrassing... I want to call it a seminar because that's what it looked like. So Yamir's super nervous because he's never lived anywhere, um, anywhere else but Managua. He's never lived anywhere. He's only lived in his mom's uterus the, in, the entire... It was not 28 pretty. years of his it life. It was not pretty when he had to get on that flight. <laughs> that is... Just a horrifying mental image. So finally they land and he talks about how he's like frustrated that he doesn't know more English Mm. because he just really wants to be able to integrate and, you know. And not be 100% dependent on his 90 day fiance. Totally. That would be hard. 
So we meet the parents now. Oh boy. Michael and Rachel. Hey. They look like a really nice Midwestern couple. Dad immediately like runs to hug his daughter and then like pulls Yamir in for this like big bear hug too. And then starts speaking to him in Spanish, like saying like, welcome. Um, It was just like really sweet. And then mom gets hugs next. And they just talk about how they uh, have emailed and chatted with him before and how they're really excited now to like get to know him at a more personal level. Um, But obviously communication is going to be a little bit harder for them Mm -hmm. because they don't speak Spanish. He doesn't speak English, but luckily Chelsea's there to translate. Right. So on the way home, Chelsea says the sentence, Managua is a pretty rough and tough city, but Galesburg is a sweet, small Midwestern town. And just like the framing of that sentence makes me feel really icky. Mm -hmm. Like there's something specifically bad about cities versus towns. Like... Towns are better than cities, and therefore, like, people from towns are better than people from cities. Anyways, I didn't like it. And she's just automatically saying, small town America is superior to this metropolitan area of Nicaragua. Uh, Okay, so Ymir talks about how even the air in Illinois is different. He feels, like, pretty, like, shell-shocked to be there. Sure. They are going to be living in the basement apartment of her parents' house, and it actually looks pretty nice. Like, it's a daylight basement. Mm. Um, The parents have actually fixed it up. So there's, like, chairs right next to a uh, basement fireplace. Uh, And Ymir says that it's just like the American movies. Um, And then he gets, like, really almost, I want to say childlike at the fireplace because then he, like, brings up Santa Claus. And he's like, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) And he just, like... You can tell, like, it's a new, like, a novel thing for him. Totally. That's it's, so cute. It's really cute. Uh, and then, so after they get, like, settled in a little bit, they have, like, a little family barbecue, and they're making portobello mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mushroom burgers. Mushroom burgers. So I'm assuming they're veggie. And they sit down to eat, and they ask Ymir, like, what are his plans for work? Yeah. And he says that his priority is to learn English. And then at that... The mom says, we have a meatpacking plant here, which hires a lot of Latinos. Ugh. And so, like, you know, as a brown person myself. What a great job. Is that the only contribution that she thinks, like, Latinos can make? Like, that they can only work at the meatpacking plant? And so Chelsea says that she hopes that Ymir didn't take it the wrong way um, because you really have to be able to, like, be willing to take whatever work you can get. Oh, boy. And, like, to a point, that's true, right? Sure. To a point. To a point, that's true. But can we not be, like, racist about it? But if he, yeah, if he had been her white 90-day fiancé from Sweden, would they have suggested the same thing? Exactly. Right? question. So he tells the mom, like, that he wants to focus on music, but that he also knows that he's going to have to do whatever it takes for him to survive in America. He just thinks that 90 days doesn't seem long enough to learn English, make music, see what to do with that music that he makes, and get married. Well, you know what? He just, clearly he's not ambitious enough, because I moved to Nicaragua, and I learned Spanish fluently in 90 days, and had a hit album. And got married. And got married, and all before I decided to leave it all behind for a life of mediocrity in the States. (laughs) 
<laughs> I also don't see why he has to do his music within the first 90 days. Like, shouldn't you be focused on getting married and learning English within the first 90 days? Yeah. yeah. Because then you're going to be here forever so you can work on your music. Uh, so then we see them going to a bar. This is uh, this is not the it's not the same night as the meet the parents. No, no. So we're uh, five days later, yeah. hanging out in Galesburg. Hanging out in Galesburg, Illinois, at the local club, the local open mic, and the name of this club, Rachel, is Buddy's Pizza American Craft Beer Bar. Hey. Okay, so what kind of band do you think is playing at Buddy's when they walk in? I'm going to guess that it was an orchestra. You're actually really close. It's a rockabilly band? I mean, totally rockabilly. My honest guess was country, so that's better. Like a rockabilly band, um, and it's made up of two guitarists that have survivalist beards, <laughs> a guy on a stand-up <laughs> bass, and a drummer. So, also, have you ever even seen, like, a full band at an open mic? Are we covering fraud on this? This The only open mic night I've ever been to was here in Portland at the Firkin. Firkin? The Firkin. Sounds like the Gherkin. Or the Merkin. Or the Merkin. Isn't, wait, tell me what a Merkin is. A Merkin is a pubic hair wig. I have one on right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a toupee for your private parts. Can someone send me images of what a Merkin is? looks like oh i mean we can wikipedia that shit for you okay i'm gonna google that right now actually okay so i found a uh, <laughs> i found a brand called kitty carpet this oh is God. upsetting in a way i i'm not Lost it's got later. yeah look it's got these like like straps a little net lacing yeah bits. and you can get this one that has straps on it <laughs> teeth <laughs> what the fuck is that that's amazing that is so good i want that i don't we need to move on. Your birthday's coming up. I'm going to wear it over my pants. <laughs> okay, so are we... Whoa. If, there, right, if Kitty... What is it called? Kitty Carpets. If Kitty Spons- Carpet is out there... The pod. Okay. <laughs> Please sponsor the pod. This was... This was a... This was a tangent, to be sure. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. That, no, no. Get back to it. No apologies necessary. I'm never going to unsee that teeth merkin. <laughs> this is how my brain works. Welcome okay. to the so, inside. Let's get back to... Back to Buddy's Pizza. Back to Buddy's Pizza. We got some girls, some drunk girls walking like the Egyptian for the band. Oh, Ymir's, uh says that his music is very different and he's scared of what people would think. So he definitely doesn't want to get up even though she's like pressuring him Aww. to get up there. And like he doesn't even have an instrument with him. So like is he just going to do acapella? I just have to sing. <laughs> But basically, when the pizza came out, Chelsea just started getting into a bunch of questions. She's, like, wanting to talk about his plans. She asks if he thinks that they would like his Latin music. And then, you know, he's, like, not sure. So she tells him that he's got to go feel things out and try to find people with his interests. Which is a really easy thing to say when your name is Chelsea and you live in Galesburg, Illinois. But it's not easy to do when you don't speak English and you're just coming into the country. What are you talking about, Chelsea? Like... Just go find people who also like Latin music so that you can, like, s- perform your music to them. Also... Just fucking where? At Buddy's Pizza, the Midwestern <laughs> beacon of Latin culture. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> um, okay, so, let's move on to our next couple. Danielle and Muhammad. 
and we are headed to a big family dinner. Everyone is squished into the family minivan again. After they successfully found him at the airport. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, by the way, we're on day four for them. Danielle and Muhammad are sitting in the back of the minivan. Like, I don't even know who's driving, like, her sister. and I don't fucking know. Someone besides them is driving, so they're in the back seat with, like, three teenage daughters. Um, and they all come pouring out of the minivan to meet the brother-in-law, Paul. What we learn about Paul is that he's very outspoken. If he's the brother-in-law, where's the sister? That's a really good question. Great question. She might be there too, but the men do the talking in these here parts. <laughs> what kind of restaurant do you think they're going to in Norwalk, Ohio? Buddy's Pizza and Craft Beer. Uh, they're at Applebee's. So I was close. <laughs> so they walk into Applebee's. And they say, uh, hopefully they can find something for Muhammad to eat because he's Muslim. My, like, my first instinct is if you know your partner is Muslim, you know they have certain dietary restrictions, right? They Only like, if they're halal, right? He is halal. Okay. Yeah. Why wouldn't she find a place that would cater to him? Wait, are you implying that Applebee's in Ohio is not halal? They had one menu item without meat on it, but it was the veggie burger that comes with bacon. So Mm -hmm. he had to order it without the bacon. And that freaked Paul out. Paul couldn't understand why he was taking the bacon off. He was like, not even bacon? No, Paul. Bacon is pig, you idiot. Wait, Muslims aren't traditionally vegetarian, right? No. I don't don't think so. It's he can eat, like, well, he said halal meat. He says he'll eat halal meat. Only if the meat is halal. So he has to know that it's halal. Exactly. But they don't eat pork, period. Right. 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 Paul has a lot of questions for Muhammad. Muhammad, have you ever been hunting? Have you ever shot a gun? Have you ever had beer? Have you ever had moonshine? Have you ever taken a life while staring a man in the eyes while and watching the life drain from them? We got a lot of good things. No. Okay. For you. <laughs> Do you put your pants on one leg at a time, sir? Now Paul has asked him all those questions. He's sitting inches away from Muhammad at the table at Applebee's, staring him dead eye. And he says he's going to be watching him like a hawk over the next 90 days to make sure that he's you know, his intentions are correct. He thought it was weird that he and Danielle weren't holding hands at the table because, like, if they were in love, wouldn't they be holding hands? Mm-hmm. That's he, not really taking culture into mm-hmm. account, Paul. He's, but he's anyway. feeling a lack of connection. Even just personal preference, right? Um, so after this dinner... Well, day 11. Day 11. We're pulling up to the bridal shop in the minivan again. And before I give you the name, I actually want to tell you what it's next to. <laughs> it is next to the McDonald's. And to the Scarlett O'Hare H-A-I-R Salon and Spa. And the name of the bridal shop is called The Bride's World and The Tux World. So my question is... I have so many thoughts. (laughs) Come on. Aren't signs paid for by the letter? Would you not have, like, come up with a more condensed name? Maybe, like, The Tux and Bride's World... Wedding world. Wedding world. I mean, because that's the thing, is a bride is a person and a tux is not a person. Yeah. <laughs> that is your naming construct. Bride and groom world, yeah. dress and tux world, anything but the bride's world <laughs> and the tux world. So they walk past this stuffed penguin. 
Was it wearing a wedding dress? Oh, no, it wasn't. Missed opportunity. Oh my god! Um, It should. It wasn't even wearing like a little tuxedo or like like anything. A penguin in a tux. Yeah, so cute. Now I get it. Except they didn't even do that. Yeah, rude. So Danielle has stated that she wants an A-line dress. She is with her three teenage daughters and then, like, it said her son's friend. That would explain the fourth girl that I never got that any didn't look on. Like, that yeah. didn't look like her. I was really confused. First of all, shopping in general is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, like, plus size. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would you ever want to, like, bring four teenagers with you for what is already going to be, in some ways, a hellish ordeal with a lot of disappointment before you find the one that's good? And then your mm-hmm. audience is for fucking teen- apathetic teenagers who don't want to be there. Moral support? But is it well, support? <laughs> you say moral support, but the first dress she comes out in, they call her Shrek. Is that moral support? <laughs> Does she not although, have any friends? Although, no. Oh. She had like one friend, I think. Actually, the, the note about Shrek, though, the dress looked like what Fiona was wearing. So what they really meant was, you look like Fiona. They were, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It came out worse than yeah. it was meant, but they weren't wrong. They hate the first one, so she tries on a second one. They hate the second one. She tries on a third one. Third one's a nine. Uh, it's modest, but not fancy. But I can't imagine how modest, but not fancy fits in the same sentence. Those things seem too similar. Right. Why would you need to specify that? this, but this. You're saying two of the same thing. Yeah. Problem is, it is $226 out of budget. Oh, no. It costs $726, and her dress budget is $500. Uh, So they leave, Mm -hmm. and she's going to think about it. So now we see that, what is it, 16 days in now? Yep. Day 16, Danielle is going back to work. And she's leaving Muhammad alone for the first time. So she leaves to work and she gives him a kiss on the cheek because they can't kiss because he's Muslim, which that doesn't make sense to me. So he starts talking about how he just feels strange and he wants to meet new people. So he goes for a walk. The camera starts following him through this like jaunt through the town. He's like crossing railroad tracks, like passing in front of buildings, walking by parks. Elbows are swinging. (laughs) He's like walks by a park and sees a group of people playing what he calls American football. Ah. A bunch of park bros, early 20s. And he was so excited because he'd only ever seen it on TV before. So he walks up to like get a closer look and then the guys see him like approaching and they're like, hey, we need another member. You want to play with us? And so his walk to meet people worked out. It worked. Yeah, you could just like step out of the front door and jaunt around and then like... Meet people. Yeah, join a pickup game of football. Apparently. (laughs) So they teach him how to play. What I thought was the funniest moment of this was before they start playing, Muhammad is like... Can I touch the ball? Because he's never felt in, like a football before. Oh, sure. He's like, what is this thing? Yeah, they're like explaining the rules, and he's like, Yeah, but can I just like actually hold it though? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if you've never thrown a football before, it's weird. Yeah, why yeah. is it a weird mm-hmm. oval? Yeah. Yeah. So they play a little bit. Um, Muhammad looks the happiest we've ever seen him. After their little pickup game in the park, the boys invite him to go for a drink. And he says yes. So he gets in a with them. With strangers. Stranger danger, right? Mm-hmm. You don't go to a second location in someone else's car, at least, right? I mean, I agree, but... You need an escape Anyways, route. Again, camera crew. Anything's possible. Yeah. Anything and everything. 
Okay, so they get to the pool hall. I'm assuming they didn't murder him. They did. No. Uh, fortunately, he's alive. Okay. I, I guess fortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fortunately, sorry. He's if you can consider <laughs> whatever Muhammad is alive. Fortunately <laughs> for Muhammad, whatever he's still shell alive. of an existence he's putting the motions through on. Yeah. So they get to the bar, the pool hall, and they're all drinking a beer. I was under the impression that it was against Islamic law to drink. But he's drinking a beer. Maybe it's a non-alcoholic beer. Uh, it didn't seem like it. <laughs> I don't know if they have those at this bar. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a rundown sports pub. Yeah, it's totally a, like a shitty sports bar. We couldn't even get the name on the place because the entire front top of the building it was like falling off. Yeah. Yeah. Like so they're hanging out right next to the bar. They've got like a circle of chairs. They're asking him like a ton of questions. They're just like. Where are you from? Like, what's it like over there? Why are you here? What's your fiance like? All these questions. And they talk about how people in America have looser morals. So right after this, like, conversation about what hooking up is, they talk about, like, hey, do you want to go play pool? And Muhammad's like, let's go play after we finish our beers. And these two women walk up. And they're a rough-looking girl. Fame seeker. Oh, boy. So they walk up and introduce themselves to everyone. And they say, I'm going to do my my very best unaffected voice. Because that is how they, they were just, okay, here it goes. What brings you guys out here? <laughs> like, they didn't care at all. No. Like, it was just, here's a camera. I want to be on it. Uh-huh. What can I do? Or the producers gave them each, like, $200 in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and so we meet Alicia. Alicia has a very bad uh, sunburn. And uh, so they're like Bummer. asking like, you know, what brought you guys out here? And then Muhammad says that he came for his fiance. Alicia says where she at. And if she's at work, so you heard a what? Have a good time. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> and so like... <laughs> They finally, like, get up and, like, go start playing pool. And she's like, I need to be your partner. I have to play with you. Like, everything she's saying is so Touching, touching him. She's rubbing his chest. He's scratching his belly with, as she, like, has her little elbow propped on his shoulder. Ew. Yeah. She tells him uh, she can guarantee him that he'll have a lot of fun if he continues to come to the bar more often. In his talking head, he says that he's happy Danielle is not like that. Because it made him very uncomfortable. <laughs> and then it's time to leave the bar. What happens? Oh, well, Alicia, <laughs> Alicia, we hear her say, hey, pretty boys, can I follow you? And she's like, tries to chase them out of the bar. <laughs> All of them? Uh-huh. Okay. She's following them. I also think the park bros are a little bit ahead of Muhammad as he was also leaving at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to ditch both parties. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> And then we see an older lady who, is who not did not who did not sign the TLC contract because her face was blurred, oh. so blurred. And she grabs Alicia as she's walking past, says something off camera, and we can hear Alicia retort, "I don't have to quit. Don't tell me to quit," or something like that. So this lady's like checking her girl at the door. She can mm-hmm. see she's a drunk mess. She knows her from the bar every fucking night. Whatever. Whatever. Nice. Like, girl, Stop. cut it out. <laughs> You need to stop. Mickey had the thought that she was maybe working. I think I think she might have been working. Oh, interesting. Either way, 
didn't know when to call it quits. <laughs> nope. Uh, okay, so let's move on to our fourth couple of the evening. Let's talk about Brett and Daya, who are on a 10-hour road trip on day two, I believe, Mickey? Fun. Day two. She got in yesterday. So they're going to pick up uh, Brett's daughter, Cassidy, who they're going to uh, have for a month. How old is the daughter? Nine. And while they're on their road trip, they're going, you know, through the northwest from mm-hmm. Snohomish to Idaho. Oh, uh-huh. So it's a very beautiful drive. Yeah, pretty, pretty And so great. Daya talks about how she can see America out of her window and how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. And so she said she'd never seen snow and she could see it, like, on the mountaintops. And she just wanted to pull over and play in it. And so we see like a little talking head from Brett saying if Cassidy doesn't like Daya, it's going to be a deal breaker. Stakes are high. Stakes are very high. I mean, it also sounds like, ugh, I have so many feelings about this. Does he really mean it? Like, I don't know. Good point. I don't know enough about him yet yeah. to make a judgment. So after a 10-hour road trip, we get to meet Cassidy and Chanel, the ex. Mm. Always love the exes. Chanel seems really nice. She seems to have a really good co-parenting relationship with Brett. She is cordial and friendly to Daya. She shakes her hand and basically wants to make sure that they're all on the same parenting page for Cassidy. Do they trade her off every month? No, I think he gets her for a month in the summer. In the summer, okay. That I also sense. I also think it might be Montana and not Idaho. So we're either in Idaho or Montana. <laughs> potato, potato. Either way, they drove Idaho potato Idaho. or Montana potato. And so basically, get to talk to Chanel Cassidy. She's super shy. Uh, hides behind her mom's legs the whole time. Like doesn't even give her dad a hug. And, like, I can see that, you know, being a little kid, you're shy, because you're with your mom all the time, you don't know your dad that well, even though you love him, camera crew. Oh my god, yeah. Someone, some other woman that you don't know. So, they do the kid trade-off, and then Daya gets in the back seat with Cassidy, and they start playing tic-tac-toe together. And I thought that was, like, a really nice move, Mm -hmm. sitting in the back seat with the kid, Mm -hmm. you know? So then, we arrive back in Snohomish. And Brett says that his mom is going to be there for a couple of days to help take care of Cassidy because he's going to have to go back to work, like, the next day. And what does he do again? He works at a, like, a plane manufacturer. Mm. And so he starts talking about how we're all going to have to, like, get in tune together because he's going to have to go to work and then Grandma and I are going to have to work together to get Cassidy, like, situated. And this is the point where we understand now that Brett living in a house with two other people and his fiance, there's no spare bedroom. So Cassidy is going to share the bed with Daya and Brett for the next month. And we're only on day two. <laughs> it was like the worst news you could get. Yeah. Like, that can get sleep on an air mattress for a month. Come yeah. on. Wait, yeah, why does she have to share the bed? They can't put her in the living room or Dude, in totally. an air mattress? sleep on a couch. You're a little, yeah. like, bony child. It you're, doesn't matter. You're nine. You can sleep anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Give her a dog bed. She'll be totally. <laughs> Oversized dog bed. They're yeah. huge. I can fit on one of those things. Like, come on. Um, Brett admits that he probably could have come up with a better sleeping arrangement. You don't think. <laughs> Too late now. Anyhow, <laughs> so the next day... Brett goes to work, and now it's time for Daya and Grandma 
to watch Cassidy. There's also birds. We talked about the birds, right? In last yeah, episode. You remember how he's birds like a bird just guy. hanging around inside, like parakeets and stuff? <laughs> just like outside that. of their cages. I forgot about that. <laughs> and um, so while Brett's at work, his mom wants to see her wedding dress. So she bought her wedding dress while she was in the Philippines. And, she, you know, she is happy to share her wedding dress with Brett's mom to mm-hmm. kind of like get this camaraderie daughter-in-law relationship started. Lou is also there hanging out too. Lou it was shows the grandma up. and Lou. And so Daya comes down in this like princess like it's all white obviously, mm-hmm. right? Princess bodice, drop waist, big sequin strip right down the middle <laughs> of the bodice, and then a big like roughly skirt mm-hmm. with a train. Lou fucking loves it. <laughs> Lou's so sweet she's like it's awesome it's awesome uh, Lou loves it and the mom and Cassie like it too but I don't care about them as much as I care about Lou hmm. so then uh, Brett comes home and we get to see a Brett mom combo and one of the first things that his mom says to him is that Daya doesn't seem very excited it's like, okay, come on, dude. Like, his fiance just got here. Like, why are you trying to pile this, like, negativity on him? Like, let him be happy for a minute. Um, should point out this is now day six that they're having this combo. So this is after three days of Daya and Grandma babysitting together. Okay. She brings up the ring conversation mm. from the, like, from coming back from the airport the first day. She says that she knows that he's not a cheap man. That he would never give her a fake diamond. And her heart really went out to him when Daya said that. It is, it is a dick thing to say. It's totally rude. Like, it's yeah. really like weird. Like, you're welcome for the ring I just spent $1,000 on or whatever he paid. You know whatever, what I mean? Like, yeah. they're not cheap. Yeah. He tells his mom now that he told Daya if they discover the diamond is fake, he's going to buy her a new one. Because he doesn't want it to be a wedge between them. But that implies that... He's, like, giving her that potential moral high ground of, like, honey, you're right, it could be fake, but not that I bought you a fake but one, he, but it but could is, be fake. Is he lying? Like, then he's like, oh, I don't know, it might be fake. It's like, did you buy a fake diamond then? Like, how would it maybe be fake? Yeah. So, at this point, mom makes the point, if she's not happy about the ring that you spent all this money on, what else is she going to be unhappy about? Mm-hmm. Good point. Touche, mom. Wise Good point. words. <clears throat> so now we get to see Brett and Daya headed to the jewelry store together. We're going to get this shit checked. Um, okay, so while they're standing in front of this jeweler, which has to be in a strip mall, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who else would... Wh- where else would you get chalk paint on a window? Yeah, Daya mm-hmm. says she's not concerned about the ring. Mm-hmm. She's concerned about his reputation. She doesn't want him to be embarrassed. If it was fake, if he bought, if he accidentally bought a fake ring, um, and so that's why they're getting it checked. Oh yes, mm-hmm. it's for very altruistic reasons yeah. to protect his Only. integrity. Absolutely, <laughs> good thinking, Daya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they so they walk in, meet the um, like the counter person. They say like, "Hey, this is what we want to do." She goes to grab the gemologist, and then uh, he comes walking out. He looks like the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, I love that guy. Um, minus the sexual assault on minors charges. Well, 
Phew. Yeah, that part's not cool. But yeah. I, I love him that. in that movie. <laughs> um, and then, so the principal says... The principal. <laughs> the principal of Ferris Bueller's Day Off says... Uh, he says that the main flaw that sets the grade of this diamond is the blackish color. It's, quote, definitely a real diamond. Yeah. That's what I thought. So they come out, and then she says... Uh, she doesn't want the black spot in her ring, but the wedding is still on. Whoa. So she's only going to get a new diamond if it's fake, except it's not fake and she just doesn't like it. So now she's going to get a new diamond. So she still, what really happened here was that she wanted a new diamond. Absolutely. You got it. Wow. Yeah. So let's move on to our fifth couple. So we have Amy and Danny. Africa and Pennsylvania. First thing I want you to know is that it's the construction busy season, so Danny's not going to be around a whole lot. So it's now, it's day two. Amy's super jet lagged, right? She's sleeping. It's the morning. She yeah. just got in last night, not even like from, early in the day. Yeah. Just at night. From South Africa, right? From, from South Town, Africa. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first day in the morning, Danny's brother and sister-in-law come to wake her up. She opens the door, they both give her a hug, and... And Nick, like, runs in really excited when he sees her face. Like, I don't know if he's actually seen a picture of her, but it was really actually creepy. He's just like, oh, hi! It's like, put your dick away, dude. (laughs) She's super hot. He also says, you're as tan as he said you were. (sighs) That's hilarious. She's black. Yeah, She's not tan. Like, what what the fuck? What does that Uh, mean? And then he tells her to speak Afrikaans. A demand. Um, and then she basically is like, I'm too tired to deal with this. In so Africa. Which, actually, she said it in Africa. It was really cute. Because <laughs> it's subtitled in English. I'm too tired for your bullshit. She said, I'm too tired And for so, this. like, <laughs> I'm so angry on her behalf. Yeah. Like, let the woman get a nap. So Nick says that um, Danny really didn't give it too much thought about where <laughs> she was going to live. Because if he had, he would not have put her with him mm-hmm. because he lives 40 minutes away from everything. Right. So now she's stuck out in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania. She's stuck you know. out there and then Nick lays out the few house rules. What are the house rules, Mix? Don't have sex in the house or ever unless you're married. The floorboards are thin and I can see through the cracks, so... Don't try anything. He just met this woman and is yeah. talking about her sex life. What? Yeah. Yeah. So Amy's struggling. She has no one to talk to. She has nowhere to go. Nothing to do. So she has a little like FaceTime phone call with her mom. Talks about just how sad she is. And then like during this conversation with your mom, you can get a really good sense of how she seems to be very like emotionally stable, communicative. She knows like what she wants. So I really like her a lot. And so after this, like, day of being alone, walking sad through the backyard. backyard. (laughs) Are they, like, really rural? Dude, yeah. It's, like, acreage. So she's wandering and, like, looking at the property and there's, like, collapsed sheds and stuff. Grass and trees and a shed. She's like, I I used to live in a city. There's nothing here. So after after a day of Amy shuffling around... Danny is coming over after work. Basically, the first time he's going to see her since when he picked her up from the airport. So he shows up, 
and they're talking about having a dinner tonight with some people. He says that he thinks it's a good idea for her to meet the entire family. Yay. She um, thought it was a small, intimate dinner. He surprised her with 10 adults and two or three children. I counted at least three jugs of iced tea, like gallon jugs. Yeah. Yeah, and so basically his idea of romance includes close friends and family. He has no conception of what it means to be in a partnership yeah. with one person. And so at the dinner table, Nick, the same brother that Amy is staying with. Right. And um, wait, so it's just Nick. He's not married or... Uh, he's married. Too. Yeah, I Nick and Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> Cheryl's not been a part of these no-sex convos. She's been standing behind him awkwardly, okay. not saying yeah. anything. You know, the good Christian wife. And then they pull out the chastity belt to put on her. <laughs> oh, they pull out the, uh, the iron merkins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so at the dinner table, he asks Amy, he's like, so this morning you did something for me. Uh, can you speak African to everyone at the table? Oh, my word. Amy does not let this, like, phase her in the slightest. She goes, which African? There are a lot of African languages. Yeah, good, good girl. That's where we end. Although Nick, again, being an asshole who's obsessed. Obsessed? I mean, we should just (laughs) point out. He probably is. He's obsessed. obsessed with her sexuality at the dinner table in front of all these people. He asks her, are you nervous about the wedding night? Oh my god. But, like, like, creeping eager Do you think it's gonna hurt? Like, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. How is that okay? That is not okay. Obsexed. That is like borderline it's sexual like, harassment. Yeah. yeah, it's too far. You know, like, yeah, it's all not even day. borderline. I just that's, fucking met you, dude. That's inappropriate. I'm that's, trying to marry your brother, and you're fucking talking about my vagina all day. Yeah. Can you like that's not? What, that's what I'm saying. Like, religious people are obsessed with sex. Like, well, it's just another one of those where I'm like, if she was white, I don't feel like. Would you say that? You're that yeah. Continue repeating this. So after dinner, it's a week or two later uh, that Danny goes to pick up Amy to see a wedding venue. They're on day 12. So they <laughs> so they pull up to this farm, and then Amy asks if they're going to be alone together. No, of course not. I invited my mother and all of her siblings and my 80 cousins. That's right. Danny oh, stutters and says his family is coming. <laughs> so they pull up to the farm. We find out that this farm belongs to Danny's friends, Bobby and Tim, and they have offered their barn to them for their wedding. Uh-huh. That's such a like a great deal because, you know, they're on a budget, yeah. they're young, they want to try to, like, get it done cheap. That's huge because yeah. wedding yeah. venues are expensive. Yeah. And so his brother's there with them, Nick. And as they're viewing the barn, he makes a joke about cockfights because there's some roosters in there. He's like, yeah, you can have some cockfights in the corner over there. Hey, Amy, look at this barn. Is it more or less cavernous than your vagina? (laughs) Oh, my God. Funny you should say that because... Because he then says, direct quote, Dude, hang a tent. Right after you get married, consummate right here. What the fuck? In the presence of, like, you know, five other people. Mm-hmm. Here's Nick, fucking Nick again. Goddamn just, Nick. She lives with Nick. Does she need to I see know. him again? Can he, like, hang out at the house for once in his life? Everyone's very uncomfortable. As they should be. And then Danny makes the declaration that there will be no cockfights and no tents at his wedding. Good job, Danny. Put your foot down. And basically, Amy and Danny love the barn. 
So they're going to go ahead and go with that. But from here, it's time to meet the pastor. Because if they want to get married by Danny's church, they need to be deemed an acceptable couple, right? By the pastor. And I think the first lady is what they're called. The, like, pastor's wife. I just learned that from um, Real Housewives. (laughs) So it's time to go... Uh, they go to meet the pastor and his wife, and the pastor looks just like a Tim and Eric character. Like, <laughs> he's got long white hair pulled back in a ponytail and a oh. little a little white soul patch. Gross. <laughs> and he's got like a button up like white polo shirt and denim light colored pants. Oh. It's good. It's really good. So they're here to talk about what their relationship's going to look like, how they're going to make sacrifices for each other in order to strengthen their relationship in order to be married by their church. Basically, everyone comes down on Danny and says, like, you're stupid. Listen to your girlfriend, like, your fiancé. Yeah. Like, Pastor John, his wife, Lee, had to, like, break it down. Like, hey, so what I'm hearing is Amy has sacrificed a lot and all of her family by moving here to be with you. You're going to need to take some of that attention and take it away from other people so that you can shift it to her. And then Danny's like, I'm already feeling like that and it's been scary. And it's like, Danny, you haven't fucking tried it all. He's done nothing. This is day 18 and they still haven't. This is their first time being alone together, but they're with a pastor and the wife. Danny says he doesn't like the pressure slash weight slash overwhelming idea of being her only person here. Well, Danny, you probably should have thought about that before you became her only person and brought her over here. And now you don't want to like commit to that because you're a little baby boy. I have this quote and I don't know who said it, but someone said, is she worth this? I'm, wh- where is the hardship for Danny? Is, shouldn't we be asking her? Is Oh, Danny's sacrifice is that he feels like that he is all of her friends, family, and everyone. It's a giant weight, and he can't do it. Wow. He also has to drive, like, 45 minutes each day to go see her. Can you imagine? So hard. Oh, poor baby Danny. Okay, Rachel, so we got a surprise for you now. We got a new couple alert. (laughs) Alert. (laughs) Tell me everything. (laughs) Introducing Jason, 38, from Spring Hill, Florida, and Cassia, 23, from Curubita, Brazil. Wow. Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. (laughs) Shall we meet him? Let's meet Jason and his cute dog, Frank. Oh, that's a good dog. I just want to talk about Frank. So Frank is like a collie. Like a mini collie. He's so cute. Um, anyway, so Jason is wearing boat shoes with no socks, got short hair. He looks like a guy. How about sad, downturned gray eyes, like a sad Muppet character, but also he's ex-military, so it's unnerving. So he has gray eyes, but they're rimmed red. Mm. Ooh. And they, like, his eyes look like they're about to slide off his face. (laughs) He's originally from Champaign, Illinois, but now Mm -hmm. lives in Spring Hill, Florida. And he has a lot of roommates. So he lives with his dad. Oh boy. Ron. And Frank, his dog. And then three other poodles named Mercedes, Kisses, and Cecilia. So there's four dogs and two men in this house. Two men, too many. (laughs) Two men, too many. So we get to hear a little bit about Jason's backstory. So he's been on a couple dates. Nothing major. And then he met Cassia. But when they first met... 
She was in an online relationship with someone he went to basic training with. It was six or seven months of talking to both fellows at the same time before she finally dumped the other guy Mm -hmm. and went with Jason. Mm All right. Well, hey, if it was real life, that would have just been six months of casual dating two men. More power to her. I'm calling red flag. After she broke up with the other dude and they started dating, she wanted to meet him, so he went down to meet her. I guess everything worked out because now they're together. And uh, he says that she can be really jealous and possessive, which to me is like personally my favorite personality trait in someone I'm dating. (laughs) I really like it. (laughs) You want them to be jealous and possessive? I want them to murder me if I'm not home at a certain time. (laughs) Uh, that's hot, dude. That's fucking hot. <laughs> we, we, I feel like we should dig into this. So we get to hear uh, Jason say that Cassia is under stress. And while she's under stress, she behaves quite differently. But if her temperament doesn't improve, the relationship might be over. Because everyone changes the 90 days without any influence, right? Mm-hmm. And so the day before he is supposed to go down to Brazil to meet her, he's like a... Uh, too busy all morning cleaning the house and he's not messaging her at all so she like writes to him that she's like super pissed and that she's not going to show up in Rio so they end up um they end up doing a Skype call and she basically says like you're always too busy for me you need to make time for me like I'm your partner Mm -hmm. whatever like all very valid Right? But also at the same time, not understanding that your partner may have blocks of time where they can't respond to you right away. Mm-hmm. So it's just this whole miscommunication kerfuffle. Jason's still packing his bag, even though she might not show up to Rio. <laughs> and in this bag, he packs... He packs several cans of Lay's stackers. He says they cost like $15 in Brazil, so he wants to bring his own snacks. So Look, I love traveling to a foreign country and trying absolutely none of the food. <laughs> I like to try McDonald's in every country I go to. But I don't try the specific menu items that they have there. I only get the Big Mac. And alongside the snacks, you know what else he's packing? He's packing a ring, uh, an engagement ring, because he actually has never officially proposed to her. The way that they got engaged was that a few months prior, she messaged him and told him to change his status to engaged. On Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when the woman proposes. Not even proposed, just told you. So now it's time for Jason to go start to pick her up. It's a whole process, girl. Here's what we gotta do. Well, he's flying to Rio, though. He's yeah. flying to Rio, okay. and this guy loves a deal. He loves a fucking deal. Spring Hill to Tampa is 50 miles. That's not that bad. That's the closest airport. Okay. Tampa is an international airport. Yeah. And so they go to Tampa. Yeah. Dad drops him off at the bus station. He gets on the bus for five hours to get a flight from Miami to Rio, even though Tampa has flights to Rio. What? And you're not on a bus for five hours. Yeah. Apparently, he's always bussing it because his dad says, like, my son's always on the bus. I put him on a bus to college, put him on a bus to the army. Now put him on a bus to meet his new wife. Can this guy catch a plane? Like, (laughs) I mean, also, like, what a thing to be known. I'm the bus guy. (laughs) I'm the bus guy. Yeah, so they get to Rio. He still doesn't know if she's going to come to the airport. But she's there. She shows up at 6.30 in the morning. Cassia's 23. A little bit of a rough 23. I have cute question mark. It's hard to tell. If you took 
skinny, big-boobed Shakira, but then also crossed with Amy Winehouse and included the eyeliner. But, but like, like, really worse. skinny eyeliner? Yeah. Way out to, like, the temple? Mm. But then also bad teeth. Sure. Bad teeth Shakira Winehouse. Um, she's also <laughs> wearing frosty pink lipstick. Oh. And she's got, like, super long dark hair, right? Mm-hmm. But she, at one point, had it bleached blonde. The brown is, like, probably to her chin. And then it's just brassy blonde below. She sounds classy. Classy as fuck, girl. Yeah. So basically, they come back to America together, and it's her first time, and she just hopes that she's doing the right thing. Does she speak English? Yes. Yeah, so they come back, and they are pulling up to the house. Okay, so I want you to picture this in your mind's eye. I'm ready. My eyes are closed. Okay, Florida. Mm-hmm. Now we're pulling up to this house, this ranch-style house. We see some balloons. Mm-hmm. There's a truck that is in the driveway. There's three dogs in the bed of the truck and a guy we don't know. Ron! Nope, it's not Ron. Oh, not Ron. <laughs> There's a banner on the garage door that says, Welcome Home, with the picture of Jason and Cassia. And this banner also has balloons on it. So we have 2D and 3D <laughs> balloons. going on (laughs) meta and so we get to hear a little talking head from ron the dad about how he had overheard their conversations before and learned that cassia does not like clowns so he decided to uh, introduce himself wearing a uh, clown fat suit that's a dick move (laughs) so he comes running out of the house with his fucking clown fat suit on and like comes and gives her a hug and then Cassia's like, is this an American thing? That's some next level shit. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's kind of the trolling that I would do. I love that she, like, was just confused. Her saying yeah. that. I was just like, what is wrong with this person? So Jason brings her to the house and he shows her their bedroom. Uh, it's a work in progress, apparently. Oh. Uh-huh. Um, and then she tells him that he needs to clean it today. Yeah. The only clean surface in the entire room is the half of the bed that he had clearly slept in before he left, and the other half was covered with shit on the bed still. Yeah, like, he should have thought about that before he left. I'm on her side in this one. Every mm-hmm. so It was just boxes, shit on the floor, things on the windowsill. He's clearly lived there a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, Have you settled in, man? I yeah. mean, The rest of the house is also a mess. <laughs> it's trashed, and he had mentioned that Cassie was really excited to find out that he had a pool, And so we go over to the pool, which is in this cover, like the sunroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's every pool in Florida. So gorgeous, right? They have to keep the bugs and the animals out. So like every pool in Florida is covered. That makes sense. And it's so beautiful because it's like all this like curved glass and it looks really nice. Mm. Except the room is trash. Yeah. And, and the pool is not taken care the of. The pool is like half like drained and it looks like radioactive lime <laughs> green jello. It's yeah. so gross. It's like, disgusting. Quote, uh, fixed it. And so we get to talk about a couple more things that Cassia doesn't like. She okay. doesn't like the floor, even though it's brand new flooring that they put in for her. Maybe because it's covered with shit. <laughs> Maybe because. She doesn't understand why there's two different types of flooring in the house, which is like totally common in America, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but in like Mexico and South America, it's mostly just like tile hmm. flooring. So they had tile and wood flooring. Um, and so from here, like Ron has this talking head segment where he says that 
Jason and I have been a team for many, many years. She'll see her place or not see her place. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm calling another red flag. I don't, like, what are they going to do? Are they going to, like, bury her in the desert if she uh, doesn't go along with this? Come on. I mean, they're not willing to compromise, what he's saying. Yeah. So then we go out for the first time in beautiful Spring Hill, Florida. We're still day one, mind you. Where do we go get lunch, Mickey? Well. Applebee's? Oh, if only it were Applebee's. <laughs> it appears to be a local salad lunch buffet bar. Uh, if you could imagine just taking only the salad bar from any hometown buffet <laughs> and making an entire restaurant out of it, then that's exactly where you are right now. Cool. There's no spinach. There's no romaine. There's no radicchio. Nothing. No, they don't know what any of that is in Florida. Mm-mm. Iceberg, egg salad, and chocolate pudding are some of the things that she points out as she goes past. So as they're eating their egg salad and chocolate pudding, <laughs> she tells Jason that she thinks that she is thin and pretty enough to be a model, and she really wants to do bikini modeling. He doesn't want her to show her body, but if she wants... She could do trade shows where she's in a dress with her hair down, covering her bosoms. Where she can stand next to a car and say, ta-da. She thinks it's stupid, and I agree. What does she think her options are? Like, mm, Victoria's Secret, swimwear, or trade show? No, I'm definitely doing the Victoria's Secret one. Like... Just she realized that the trade show might be her only option. Yeah, I mean, you gotta... If a trade show would even hire her. Okay, I don't know what she looks like. She's gotta get those teeth fixed. (laughs) She's gotta get that nasty attitude fixed. (laughs) And that's basically it for them. They suck. They're boring. Okay, Rachel, that means we are now at the point of the week. We're gonna do the Dumpster Fire of the Week Awards. You get a pick. My favorite. So I love this, judging. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> in this segment, Ashley and I are each going to nominate two trash moments. The trashiest of the trashiest moments. It could be a fashion moment, a person, a kerfuffle. And Rachel, you're going to pick between the four nominations to award the ultimate dumpster fire of the week. Ashley, take it away. Who do you nominate? My first nomination is Darth Jen, uh, <laughs> Justin and Evelyn's sister-in-law. First of all, for coming in so fucking hot and being such an immediate bitch. And then saying uh, she's fucking using him for a green card. Fuck you, Darth Jen. Darth Jen, damn. Snaps to the nomination. That's, That's a good Jen. one. She sucks. Jen, you fucking sucky bitch. <laughs> Came in a little hot there myself. Um, okay. Hot takes with Mickey. Um, okay. Here we go. I am going to nominate Nick and his suggestion that there be a consummation tent erected at their wedding. Oh, Fucking whoops. creep. Do you think he has like hidden cameras in her yes. room to watch her? Do you think that that's how he's like? He notified her by saying that he could see through the floorboards, oh. so like she knows. He by, by floorboards, he meant nanny cam. Exactly. <laughs> Don't pay attention to the six-foot teddy bear in your corner of your room. <laughs> we it definitely really doesn't have it. cameras in it. Is he just hiding in it? Yeah, it was me. It's It's not just me in a bear costume. Is he just, like, masturbating inside of the bear costume? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh, that is upsetting. <laughs> oh. Okay, so my second nomination is 
Alicia, who is the woman who approached Muhammad at the bar trying to suck his D real hard. A working girl. On I don't the know clock. if she was working. <laughs> I don't know if she was just horny for that D. Yeah. And no shade to sex workers. Sure. But there was something this, very this special woman about this one. Seemed terrible whether or not she was one. She was coming on too hard. That's why she's nominated. That's <laughs> really good. My final nomination is going to be a three-way tie for Jason's... You cannot do three-way oh, ties. fine. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll just zoom it out. Jason's disgusting house that he leaves completely unprepared for Cassia. His house includes that disgusting acid green pool okay. that no human should yeah. go in. That, that, that can be included in the whole If thing. someone falls in that pool, they're <sighs> either going to be eaten down to the bones... Yeah. Or get some sort of, like, chemical burn. Okay, so definitely that's the same liquid that Two-Face fell into when he became Two-Face. Yeah, like, <laughs> something's gonna happen. they come out a super villain. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> don't go in the pool. Don't go. But also don't go in that hoarder's bedroom because it's disgusting. Literally, you can sleep on the roof. <laughs> that's the only clean place. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I have to say that I was leaning towards... The um, consummation tent. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But I heard leaning. Though. My own personal disgust with filthiness mm-hmm. in this house. I just hate filth. I hate it. So like, I'm biased. But that is Jason's house. But look, I'm the only judge here. So that's my pick for dumpster fire of the week is Jason's house. Because Jason's it sounds house wins and loses. Yeah, sounds horrendous. Don't worry. There are no losers here in Dumpster Fire because there are all losers here in the Dumpster Fire. That's right. Congratulations, Jason. You're disgusting. Why don't you clean up after yourself? Seriously, though. That is that's just so, so gross. It's super gross. When she first came in, she's like, I don't even have a place to sleep. And he's like, you can sleep on the floor. And she's like, I'm not no. doing that. What? <laughs> like, like, what is wrong he's with He's terrible. You? He like, said it as a joke, but it didn't sound very funny. And no. she was just like, fuck you. You're disgusting. Seriously, though. That all being said, you guys can follow us on Instagram at Trash Rats Podcast, on Twitter at Trash Rats Pod, or you can email us at Trash Rats Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, y'all, and remember, life is trash, and, and so, so are, are we. we. Dust, dust, dust. Dust, dust, dust. <laughs>